the mental load that yeah. you carry as a parent is so different. So even just being able to enter into a quiet space to receive yeah. some type of moving experience is so challenging. Oh my goodness, right. So it's not so much that we came off the mountain, but more like we were thrown off the mountain yes. and we came hurtling down and maybe we've got a sprained ankle. Or like we got up there and then we heard a little voice from the bottom. Mom. Mom. <laughs> Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us striving to weave that Sunday and Lenten experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Rocky McCormick, your other co-host. Pull up a chair, put your phone on silent, hide in the bathroom if you must. But join us as we talk, laugh, and, well, sometimes cry about our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God in our everyday lives. What's up? It's rainy. Yeah. It's Lent. It's Mm -hmm. gray. It's very lenty. Yeah. So I thought today. Yeah. What are we talking about? We could play a little trivia. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like Trivial Pursuit. Is it Jeopardy? Do I have to answer in the form of a question? You do not have to answer in the form of a question. <laughs> but today we're going to test your ability to answer some toddler trivia questions. Oh boy. It's been a few years since I've ben. been in the in the trenches. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's go. If we're lucky, Ron will put some nice sound effects in for us afterwards. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or just when I feel. All right. Question all right, number one. Let's go. Can you name all the Paw Patrol pups? How many Paw Patrol pups are there? <laughs> I don't know. There's Marshall, Chase, um, Rubble, Zuma, Sky. One more. Uh, Digger. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> so forgetting. Close. Oh, my Rocky. Rocky. Oh my gosh. But like, Rocky is hi. the digger, yes. And yeah, also his name is Rocky. <laughs> I know so. I should have remembered that. <laughs> nice try. All right. Next question. What color is Percy the Train? Green. Yes. That one I know. Name three songs by Blippy. I am old. I don't even know who Blippy is. <laughs> He's that guy with the hat, you know, and he always sings those fun songs. Sometimes he's on the playground. He's got like, you know, the bus song and the train song. I mean, no. literally you could throw in like any noun from it's a children's a boat book. Song. A, yeah, the boat song. There you go. There that you one. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up. Yeah. What is the name of Caillou's little sister? Mm, Rosie. <gasps> that I know. Did though. your kids watch Caillou? Gosh, no. Uh, yes, but no. They did it just to annoy us. Because mm-hmm. mm, it's so whiny. It's very whiny. Caillou was forbidden in my house. Um, what kind of dog is Bluey? Blue. <laughs> Cartoon. Fictional. Take pointy ear. Bluey is a blue healer. See, so I wasn't so far off. I said yes. blue. That's yes. Partially right. She and her little sister yeah. are Australian blue healers. Very good. I knew they were Australian. That I did know. And Bluey came on the scene after my kids, but like. All I hear are like accolades left and right. Like so many parents love Bluey. I just can't bring myself to sit down and introduce another show. Yes, I've met several grownups who say that they personally yeah. enjoy watching Bluey. Well, I feel like Bluey is for them what maybe Daniel Tiger and yes. Curious George was for us. Yes, I think I think she has a very Daniel Tiger like yeah, vibe. Like I like find myself family, still friendly, singing very, songs mm-hmm. from Daniel Tiger for me. Yes. Like take a deep breath. Count to four. (laughs) Maybe more often than I should admit. (laughs) I mean, he was just so nostalgic because he had that Mr. Rogers link. Oh, that too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So in case you haven't guessed, this week we're going to be talking about what I like to lovingly refer to as the Dark Ages. Mm. 
And mm. that is the time when we have very small people in our houses. Oh, yeah. And, and it's just us and those tiny people for what feels like a very long time. It is a very long time because days are sometimes decades. Yeah, and we didn't really venture into daylight beyond our backyard for a while there. You know, like we would go to mass right. and we would go in the backyard and that's about as far as we would make it. Well, right, because as isolating as the infant stages, they're mobile. Yes. Like I can pick them up in a carrier, I can wrap them around me, and they just have to go where I go. Mm -hmm. Toddlers have developed a mind of their own and the mobility to exercise what is on that mind, whether that's climbing the couch or, you know, all of a sudden becoming a really, really heavy brick that will not move. Well, you know, we're, and we also have so many milestones they meet in that age range, right? Like they start having a little bit of autonomy. They learn how to lie, for example. Oh, yeah. They learn how to manipulate a little bit to get their way. And then my personal favorite milestone in the toddler era Mm -hmm. is the target tantrum. (laughs) You're laughing because you probably remember target tantrums for your kids. Yeah, and you know, you always go through the love and the logic, like love and logic, like, Mm -hmm. okay, if you make a threat, you gotta carry it out. So leaving your entire cart in the middle of a target aisle because I said. While you drag your screaming three-year-old and also wearing an infant on your chest out (laughs) to the car and you're trying to buckle them and you're afraid someone's going to think that you maybe kidnapped them while they're This is my kid. I promise. This is my kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That that toddler phase is just so joyous in so many ways because they do. They reach so many milestones. And they're so fun. But also it is such a challenge. And I think it's easy to feel like you are just not with it no like no you're brain just cells surviving. are dying like so many brain yes. cells dying you're in survival mode right right but you know what i actually started doing at that point and i'm just thinking of this now is i started a little album on my phone and it was called just joyous moments like i would snap little photos of them doing cute things so that when they were throwing said tantrum i could go back and be like no they are actually kind of cute Oh, we do love them. That's a good practice. I yeah. like that. That's a very simple thing to do to kind of help you remember, right? Because sometimes we don't get to that point where we're actually like, "Oh, you are so cute, and I love you so much." Until like they're sleeping, they're asleep, <laughs> and they're so peaceful. But and they're when not they're awake anymore, not that way, <laughs> no. But even just to develop that practice of looking for those moments, yes, when that is shining through, yes. Because again, developmentally appropriate while personally frustrating, yes, as Amen. a parent. So I thought we'd make this a uh, kind of a two-part. Okay. A two-parter. So entering into the second Sunday of Lent, right. I thought we'd talk about how we as parents mm-hmm. find times to pray, times to enter into that experience of Lent, even when it's very busy and we're just trying to survive like minute to minute mm. sometimes, or like nap time to nap time. Oh my gosh. Or that really dreaded time between dinner and bedtime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe next week we could talk about what we do, how we get our kids to really feel like Lent oh, is yeah. important sure. and how they enter into that season. Well, let's start with us because if we, have, us. we can't give what we don't have. Yes. And Archbishop talks about that in Unleash the Gospel, mm-hmm. right? That we have to take, we have to care for ourselves first, just like on an airplane. Yep. You put your own oxygen mask on first before you help others. We really, we have to care for ourselves and our own spiritual lives first yeah. and model that for our children before we can help them. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's see, second Sunday of Lent. So what are we looking at? We, Reading wise... Transfiguration. Ooh. So we, uh, no, I think that's next week, actually, isn't it? No. So we had um, 
a really nice suggestion come in and and this was from one of our listeners who said that she would really love to hear about those challenges of like feeding your spiritual life when Mm -hmm. your hands are so full and your houses are so busy and you've got all these little hands and feet and diapers and sleep regression happening in your home Mm -hmm. how do you how do you feed your spiritual life because it probably feels like we had a pretty good handle on it before we had kids Mm -hmm. you know like you're newly married right you've kind of got a routine maybe you're in a bible study one week and your husband's in a bible study the other week or you're doing something together because you actually are able to have the same bedtime because one of you isn't running for the 300,000th time to get somebody a drink yeah yeah Yeah. and then and then you and then you have these kids right and then it's like where do i where do i and they're beautiful and they're a gift but it's it's a change and it's a a challenge Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah oh yeah so we are at the transfiguration we are at the transfiguration you guys it's been a very long january (laughs) it's lengthy all right so so yeah so i was thinking about how this really does connect with the transfiguration right because peter Mm -hmm. has this amazing kind of life-changing encounter right um, with our Lord, and he's like, let's just set up camp and stay here. Oh, I love Peter. And then he has to come back down and figure out how do I live after Peter's having that encounter. Right, Peter's my guy. He's like extreme disciple. Extreme. You know, so Jesus is like, hey, come up this mountain with me, and then they have this intense uh, experience and encounter, and Peter is like, I am going to build us tents, and we are going to live here. Uh, no, Peter. And then you go move on like this will be a little further on, but like, okay, let me wash your feet. Oh, my feet. All of me, Lord. And he's like, no, nope. <laughs> again. And then, you know, like, I an, am all in. I am all, all in. in. So in, except nah, not quite. And then he's like, you know what? Jesus is like, I'm going to be persecuted and die. And Peter is like, not on my watch. And then, you know, and then we know, oh, actually. But anyway, I digress. I, I really do identify with Peter here. It's so hard. I think when we've had those moments up on that mountain and that moment of intense encounter and that personal quiet space to really soak in the goodness of the Lord. And when you know all the saints and the contemplatives are talking about to be with the Lord, that we need that quiet space. Yes. Then it's really, really hard to come down from those moments of encounter. The, the post-retreat blues are a real thing. Yeah. And then that post-parenting, where do I even get that encounter? Yeah, blues is a real, real. Yeah, because thing. you're you're like you're. I don't want to say your tolerance level, but like the, the experience of of being moved mm-hmm. is so different yeah. when your brain is running a mile a minute, and it's it's so much more difficult to stay focused in a way. Right. I was just gonna say you can't even quiet. Yeah. Because you've got tomorrow's lists going through your head. Your the mental load that yeah. you carry as a parent is so different. So even just being able to enter into a quiet space to receive. Yeah some type of moving experience is so challenging. Oh my goodness, right. So it's not so much that we came off the mountain, but more like we were thrown off the mountain yes. and we came hurtling down and maybe we've got a sprained ankle. Or like we got up there and then we heard a little voice from the bottom. Mom! Mom. <laughs> I need a drink of water. I'm hungry. I, I need a snake. <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> So, so, yeah, suddenly you have these little mini bosses <laughs> who are demanding snacks and snuggles mm-hmm. and then they get sick or they climb onto your lap while you're just trying to have that moment with Jesus or they crawl into your bed at all hours of the night. Oh, yes. <laughs> right? And so you're yes. tired and you don't get up in the morning to spend that time with Jesus. So let's talk about that for like one hot second here. Sure. What do you do with that guilt when you do make it a priority to feed yourself spiritually and then you walk back in from 
even if it's a day retreat yeah. or like an hour you buy them in gifts. adoration <laughs> you buy them gifts you bribe them with food <laughs> there's so i mean there's no, there's real there guilt there right there's parental guilt as, as soon as we make a decision that we're going to do something for ourselves even mm-hmm. for a minute and it's probably something we really need right we immediately come home and feel guilty we feel bad that we left our spouse alone oh, to that is a real it. thing absolutely right like and i then, decline things all the time because i'm like no i'm not going to leave him with all three and yes and, and my husband will do the same thing right, right? like he'll get invited somewhere be like well i don't want to leave nicole by yourself mm-hmm. like or he'll rush home she's got th- you know she has to have three people in three different places i don't want right. to be i don't want to leave her to do that right i'm just going to stay here right like we feel so guilty every time we, we do. do that for so many reasons well and i think the first thing that we have to begin to try to identify is that the voice of guilt is not the voice of god Ooh, yes that if it is a condemnation that is not the voice of god Yes. If it is a conviction that we're escaping our children when maybe (laughs) (laughs) in the name of Jesus. Okay, maybe we can talk about that. But to take time with Jesus, he's never going to condemn us for that. Amen. Never. Mm -hmm. And it's important for the kids to see that, right? For us to model that to our children, that we're making this a priority. We're making prayer uh, a priority. We're making time with our Lord a priority for us as individuals so that we can better serve our families. Well, and we talked about this before, too, that, you know, the way that we sometimes instill faith in our children is by our example, because they're going to, they they learn what they live. And so if they see mom getting away to go to adoration or to go to a retreat, even if it's to Texas one time, maybe that's not such a bad thing that they remember Texas the rest of their lives and that mom took that trip. Because one day maybe it won't be guilt talking, but it will be like, you know what, we did survive, (laughs) even if dad fed us spaghettios the whole weekend <laughs> which i'm sure he didn't i'm sure he didn't i'm sure your husband's a marvelous cook so i'm sure he didn't <laughs> wow no he does he has he he does brinner he has this dish that he learned in italy that he hasn't done in a while i cannot but, yeah. wait to hear that live texting feed when he's listening to this <laughs> no, later he does that's gonna he be does like he does like to live text me when he's listening <laughs> to these episodes <laughs> He was listening to our Valentine's Day. So if you're listening, hi. (laughs) Hi, honey. We're sorry. (laughs) No, he's wonderful. And again, like they were not, they were not maltreated or malnourished. They were fine. They were fine. fine. Right. But I think that there is a really, really deep value for us to work through that guilt. Yeah. And the savior complex. I think Ooh. that's where that comes from, too, to be like, I am the only one who can care for right, my child. Right, like no one else can do this as well as I in can. In the way that they need to be yes. cared for. And yes. that's not true. That's not true oh, either. That's big. Right? That's, that's big. like a little prideful thing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they need those other people in their lives. Yes. Because like we said in the tween episode, there are gonna, there's going to come a time when we're not the one. Yeah. We we need them to have relationships yeah. with, with other important people who are who are good examples, who are witnesses to them. Mm-hmm. And, and also to have some autonomy and some independence as they get older, too. Sure. And to remember that their very first identity, and we've just been talking about this in, in class, our very first and core identity is a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, before we are anyone's mother, spouse, brother, sister... Yes. We are his housekeeper, oh, chauffeur, yes. cook, <laughs> <laughs> laundress. Actually, Tim does most of the laundry. So, oh, lucky you. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, how do we do this if we don't have the luxury of abandoning our kids to Texas for three days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that luxury doesn't exist now. <laughs> how do we do? How do we do this? Like, where do we find those those moments to reconnect with our Lord? To kind of have. Even just like five minutes sometimes is hard to find to 
to get prayer in. You know, I've seen some moms out there who have like a rosary that hangs on a board and mm-hmm. they, they move the beads across. The little kitchen rosary. Yes, yeah, something like that because they can't possibly get, walk, sit down and pray right. a rosary. So they need to just like walk in and say a decade while they're doing the dishes and then walk out and then come back in and do another decade later. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. a really practical way to yeah, do that. No, but absolutely. There, there's got to be some other ones out there too, right? Well, sure. But now I'm thinking that maybe you see me walking around my house in the morning carrying my rosary, trying to pray while I'm getting them ready for school too, because <laughs> I want to start my day in prayer. <laughs> yeah. So starting yeah. your day in prayer, always, always so good. helpful. And I'll be honest, I was not good at this when my kids were super tiny. Yeah. Um, because you know you're like half asleep oh when they're gosh. really tiny, and you're it's still dark outside, right. and they want to eat, and you need to change a diaper, and you know, yeah, the husband's yeah. getting ready for work or whatever it is, or you need to be somewhere. So or you're mornings. getting ready for work and to drop them off at wherever it is you drop them off to get to work. And yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's I a got lot. some really good advice from a, a mentor mom, mm-hmm. if I can call her that. Um, you know, those moms who are like a few years ahead yeah. of you who give you little insights of advice and you watch them when you see them at church and you're mm-hmm. like, I really hope my kids grow up to be right. like those kids yeah. and I really hope I can uh, demonstrate the same level of like patience and mm-hmm. compassion that I see her demonstrate. So I had a mentor mom, my husband has a mentor dad too. And um, I was talking with her one day about that and she she said, you know, even when you like wake up in a panic and like the baby is screaming or you know you're in a hurry because you overslept and you need to be dropping them off in two minutes whatever it is she's like just make that first morning offering the minute your feet hit the ground yeah and that changed that radically right changed my life that changed my morning routine in so many ways because what happened was that really quick brief morning offering mm-hmm. turned into kind of like a a running stream of consciousness mm-hmm. right like I was praying putting my shoes on, brushing right. their hair, tying their shoes, getting their jackets ready. And and it just became well, it like opens this, the gate. Yes. And it just became like this ongoing dialogue. And that's really right. where I learned how to pray on my feet and yeah. where, where I learned how to make prayer a conversation and be able to listen for, for our Lord's voice to me, mm-hmm. um, even amidst the noise of people running around our houses. Right, right. Yes. Yeah, yes. no, absolutely. No, that ongoing dialogue is so huge. And it was such a radical shift. Be like, I don't, I mean, yes, it's good for us to spend that hour alone and mm-hmm. in the quiet with our Lord. But what an intimate relationship it is to pull him into those minute by minute, second by second things, even if sometimes I'm a little sassy. I'm, you know. Sometimes you, sometimes that conversation with Jesus is a little bit of a complaint, maybe. Maybe a complaint or like a woe is me. Or like, why? Why have you forsaken me? <laughs> Or like, what do you want me to do with this, Lord? Right? Like, I've definitely said that before. What, what, right. what exactly do you want me to do with this right now? Because this is kind of a hot mess and I do right. not or know. What is wrong with them? What have you given me to deal with here? How strong do you think I am? Because I think you're wrong. No, but I think that ongoing conversation is such an intimate way. It's, it's like St. Therese, you know, prayer is a surge of the heart. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be this whole recitation. Right. It can come words. out in pulses, you know, in little, mm-hmm. in little pieces. Yeah. I love that. And so the other radical shift for me because before I was married and had children, one way that I loved to pray was prayer in action through like the corporal works of mercy, through serving at different places throughout the city and mm-hmm. helping the poor. That was how I came into the church. And so it's really been a, a core foundation of my own spiritual right. journey. And the radical shift, I don't remember where I read it or who it was that said it, but we are living the corporal works of mercy in our homes. Oh, we are yes. feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, sometimes many times a day because they just like to take their clothes off. Visiting the imprisoned? 
Right. <laughs> Sometimes I, feeling like the imprisoned. I would always but, right, feel yeah. like I was visiting the imprisoned mm-hmm. when I go to get them up from nap time and oh, they're like yeah. standing in the crib like, <laughs> help me, I'm awake and you left me in here. I'm always like, oh, look at my little prisoner, let me take you out. Right. <laughs> and like, that's that's not everything and that's of not course. you know that's not the whole story of, of how we live at the corporal works of mercy but it was such a radical shift to say no i can't get down to the homeless shelter right, right now because i have these little people mm-hmm. but i am consistently and constantly feeding them yes. i'm giving them drink i'm clothing them i'm resolving conflicts among them mm-hmm. and so just looking at them you know if jesus is present in the least we have the least among us in in our children in in some ways too because they're helpless and they're yes. vulnerable and they're in need of direction and feeding and clothing and all those things. Yes, those are all acts of love, right? right? Those are all ways that they experience our love. And when we ask our kids, like, how do you know your mom loves you? They almost mm-hmm. always answer with those things. Right. Oh, she makes me my favorite dinner. She washes my clothes. She helps me brush my hair. Like, that, that, mm-hmm. those are the things they, they or remember. In, in Tim's case, he gives me gum. That was, <laughs> that was like the gum. famous line from one of our kids in preschool. <laughs> What do you love about your dad? He gives me gum. He gives me gum. That's special, though. Yeah. That's a core memory. We're, we're making core memories here, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think the other piece of that that we already kind of touched on is just like that prayer doesn't always have to be at a certain time of day. So if you miss that morning mm-hmm. offering, if you miss that bedtime prayer because you right. maybe fall asleep on the couch watching <laughs> Bluey. Right. Um, or Please not cut you. Not cut you. <laughs> Who falls asleep watching Caillou? That kid. Woo. <laughs> If you have fallen asleep on the couch watching Caillou, I'd love to hear from you. Yes, please. Um, but like, it, so it doesn't have to be any certain length. It doesn't have right. to be any particular time of day. But it it can. It just needs to be meaningful. Yeah. You know, and and Jesus cries out to the Father in very short sentences. Oh my goodness! Right, yes. like take this cup from me. Right. Not my will, but yours. And I can't tell you how many times I've said. Oh my gosh! Said right? that those exact yeah. words Why in like a moment of me? like, just take this cup no. from me, Lord. Like what? Yeah. I don't know what's in here, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And then the other thing my spiritual director once told me, which I thought was super profound, is that God wants us to spend time with him. And if we have that earnest desire to spend time with him, then we should ask him for the time and to make the time that we don't always have to be trying to orchestrate our day and our schedule, but that God is the author of all time. Yes. And so if what we're really missing is that half hour of quiet, that... We should ask him to be like, Lord, I really want to be with you yes, in the quiet. Yes, help me find that. Right? Help me to find that. Yeah. Now, I think we need to be prepared that God is going to answer that in a way that maybe we aren't expecting in that it's going to be a 3 a.m. wake up call with a kid and then they mm-hmm. fall back asleep, but then you're still wide awake. But to be able to then say, oh, I'm oh, going to seize this opportunity. Yeah. And I remember doing that with my daughter. So clearly she wasn't the best sleeper when she was little. And sitting there and rocking her and having putting her back to sleep and being like, I'm wide awake. And now what oh. do I do? Oh. So I'm going to sit here and pray my chaplet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here and try to fall back asleep by doing some contemplative prayer or conversation. Yeah. Beautiful. So I think uh, I think our challenge this week, I think something that I really love our listeners to try to do this week is to think about how we can take that mountaintop experience, mm-hmm. that, that encounter with the transfigured Christ, uh, where we hear God tell us, this is my beloved son. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to him. 
um, and then come back down and live that. What what are we what are we being called to? Have we had that encounter? Right. You know, and like, what does it mean to listen to Jesus amidst the noise of our homes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the other challenge that I would put out there too is to talk with your spouse about that. Yes. And to pray for one another to have those experiences, because when we don't, that's when we begin to get. You know, it's like spiritual food. When we don't eat real food, we get hangry. Yes. When we're not feeding ourselves spiritually and not connecting with Jesus, then we get angry and resentful and you know, maybe our temper is a little shorter with our children and we don't see them as the gift that they are to us. And so pray with your spouse about what it is each of you needs and how you can support one another mm. in finding that time because yes. it's a joint effort. Yes, that little bit of effort, like taking turns mm-hmm. to go to adoration right. or making sure that one of you gets to get into confession that Saturday exactly. before Mass starts. And then right. the other one, maybe we can go next week or whenever it's going to work the best. Yes. Right. So I've been told you cannot confess their sins. <laughs> no, sadly, own. you cannot do that. I remember being um, trapped under one of my kids napping one time, mm. you know, the nap trap. Yep. And, and looking so up at my husband. too, though. <laughs> yes. And then looking at my husband and saying, or, no, I think he asked me, he's like, can I get you anything? And I was like, can you go to the bathroom for me? (laughs) (laughs) So the answer is there are two things your spouse cannot do for you. One is they cannot go to confession for you, and the other is they cannot go to the bathroom for you when you're next. Kind of the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. May this Lent be void of target tantrums and sleepless nights and be filled with pockets of prayer, glimmers of hope, and unending love. You can find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.